Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now it's time for part two of In the Moment. And now it's time for In the Moment shout outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Cause I swear to God, you probably even closer than you think. All right, shout out to DJ Funk You Up. He's never. DJ who? DJ Funk You Up. You never heard of him? Nah. Yo, B be listening to mad different DJs. Uh-huh. And sometimes I just be in here and you hear their name. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know what it is, but it's the voice with the DJ thing. DJ Funk You Up. And he had a bunch of like funk you phrases where they were, you know, they were like, F you. Like, if you come to the club, you're going to get funked up with <laughs> DJ Funk You Up. I started laughing. That's funny. But what else was funny to me was, have you seen these memes going around of DJs who are fake DJs? Did you ever realize this was a thing? Uh Uh-uh. So I never, (laughs) I'm not a DJ, so shout out to the real DJs out there. And they tired of people coming out here being fake-ass DJs, so they are starting to call out the DJs that are on a real stage in front of thousands of people. And they just be pressing mad buttons. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're not doing nothing. The music just playing. But it looks good. If you don't know, like, the real process of DJing, it's a premix. They be lying, Katie. They frauds. It's not real. They just be punching stuff and then, you know, like, making it seem like they turning something up. The headphones is halfway on. They bopping like this. They got the crowd rocking. Mm -hmm. And then they mixing. And they do. No, they're not doing any of that. Like, that's literally all bullshit. It's not affecting the music that's playing to the crowd at all, and real DJs are tired of that shit. I'm tired of it, too. Yep. What you mean? That, that's the thing. So I just want to shout out the real DJs and to the fake DJs, don't get funked up, right? Right. By the Crip Gangs, Mike and them. Who's next? Now, speaking of unique names, Kirk Franklin is tired of y'all. Did you see Kirk Franklin's new video? Yes. Here's a clip if you haven't heard it. My daughter just gave birth to my second grandchild. Beautiful little girl named Levi. Levi's beautiful, but I told my daughter that I think to save the next generation, we need to go back. We need to go back to real names. The baby should have been named Betty, Phyllis, Geraldine, Ruby. See, 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 we moved too far. You know what I'm saying? You know, we 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 need some more Charlene's. You know, we we've gotta take it back if we're gonna change the world. Bring back Johnny May. Jeanette. Deborah. God bless you. Are you mad at Kirk Franklin saying he wants to go back to regular names? Yes! Why? Ain't nobody need an Eleanor or Deborah <laughs> all that other stuff he said. You rather your name? Be like North South 
Okay. Then no. Gertrude? No. Yes, honestly. Me too. <laughs> no, no, honestly. It was wild. It was Gertrude. It was wild. But all the other names ain't that bad. There has to be a happy medium, okay? Not too far where we're naming, you know, like freaking fruits. But <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going, though. Right, but but not too far back where we naming slaves. <laughs> all right. All right. So if you had a choice, you rather this generation of just people naming their kids whatever? Royal, Mazikeen, oh, Jupiter, mm-hmm. Xerxes. No. Come on, Katie, you rather no. be named Xerxes? Xerxes? Xerxes, you rather Xerxes than Velma? Zerk. Okay. They call me Zerk for short. <laughs> That's kind of a badass name. Hey, what they call you, Zerk, bitch? Yeah, see, you from the new generation. I'm in the middle. I don't think we should go all the way back to Gertrude, but I think we're going somewhere where it's not going to be good for anybody. Mm, yeah. And what happens if, God forbid, like, you need a job, or somebody comes and they like, they kidnap you. You really think they gonna give Xerxes back? <laughs> I know you're not supposed to say that. I know I'll probably get canceled for that, no, but come on, Katie. No. Do you really think you really think America's <laughs> gonna go get Xerxes? They might go get <laughs> Timothy. They not going to get Xerxes. Send the money now, <laughs> or we'll funk you up. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about it. Who's next? Yo, speaking of older names, Shaka Khan don't fuck with none of y'all. Yo, Shaka said fuck all y'all. Wait. Shaka Khan said Beyonce is mid and don't talk to me about none of these young hoes. I respect me, Diana, and Aretha. That's it. Why is Shaka Khan so mad at every artist that came after her? She a diva. I feel like, in a sense, she kind of earned that position where we let Shaka slide. Don't like, do that, Katie, because it don't look good on Nikki. No, but because of her age, I feel like a lot of people let her get away with it. Of course. But then she did apologize. She did, and I respect that. So that's the part where it kind of made everything better. If she would have just said that and just left it, I'd kind of be like, yo, Shaka, what is going on? Shaka's wilder. And I, I don't want to be, I understand it. Right, because the new generations come, and you may feel like they didn't go through what you went through. They don't. They're not as talented as you are. They make way more money. I get it, right? And I'm mad that Shaka apologized before I could get these jokes off. And for, nah, go ahead, let them run. For, for most of it, though, I wasn't mad. Right. But when she said Beyonce was mid or whatever she said, I don't remember the exact quote. I was like, Yo, Shaka is going crazy. When she said that, I was like, Okay, you wildin'. You wildin'. You wildin'. Katie. You may have had some with Mary. Yeah. Even though I love Mary. Yeah. But Beyonce? Oh, that's what she said. She said she fucked it up. Speaking to Mary J. Blige covering Sweet Thing. Now, what Shaka may not understand is she may really feel that way. Mm-hmm. And to Shaka's fan base, they probably agree. Mm-hmm. But my generation only knows Sweet Thing because of what Mary did to it. And it's actually one of my favorite Mary songs, which I honestly always thought was Mary's song. <laughs> she did great. I thought she crushed it. But... Well, you know, Shaka felt different. She felt Mary was mid, Beyonce is mid. And my thing is this. If you are going to be the hater of your generation, the Nicki Minaj, if you will, she's a rapper who, to me, there was a time when Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown were in an era where there weren't a lot of rappers that were women. Mm -hmm. So it was a little easier to, I guess, separate yourself from the pack and be her, Mm -hmm. right? And Cardi, I I believe, was kind of the last of that. Mm -hmm. Because now there's a ton, and they all getting busy. 
So you got Meg, you got Lotto, you got Ice Spice, you got Glorilla. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, right? Coley Ray. I mean, it's so many. Ruby Rose. What's Suki, the girl that's rapping with the titties out? I don't know her name. Suki, the great. I have no clue. Um, her titties is out at every show if you're into that kind of thing. Um, that's every show thing? Every single show from what I've heard. Yeah, that's not just New Orleans. She's not doing it for beads. We're going to talk about that, too. But So my point in this is Nikki hates on the new era. Part of me is not mad at it because you're protecting who you are. And hip-hop is competitive, yo. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, men been shitting on each other since the beginning of the time. And people will put you against each other even if that's not what it is. Which, that part I don't love. But I understand the competitive aspect of it. But Nikki seems to pick and choose who she going to rock with and who she going to not. That's true. And then almost becomes a gatekeeper of being a woman in hip-hop. And that part I, I don't necessarily like. So I, there's a part of me that understands where Shaka Khan is coming from. The other part of me feels like you can't make... I'm every woman. It's all in me. And then you hating on women. On women. Mm-hmm. Can't do that. See, that's why WAP is now the new woman empowerment song and not songs like I Am Every Woman. Can it be both? Can it be? Yeah. You think so? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that as a man. What? Because if you make Stevie Wonder's, I'm drawing a blank, but the song that Barack came out to, the man's empowerment song, the song that empowers Strong, grown men, though. I don't know what song that is. It was a Stevie Wonder song? Huh? Then I don't want you to bring up some Blueface made. Well, no, Blueface is trash, so that's a whole different... You gotta get Cardi away. is fire, but WAP ain't her best work. Why Be Careful With Me can't be a woman's empowerment song. Women love Be Careful With Me. Not more than WAP. I hear WAP way more. I ain't never heard a woman singing Be Careful With WAP's Me. Because WAP's a good turn-up song, but women secretly at home right now drinking wine, they're listening to Be Careful. I went through your phone last night. Could have been a, a woman empowerment song. What song is that? See? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? How you don't no, know that don't song? Do that. What song is How you don't know? It's, it's, on, through... it's on the same album, Katie. You just got to keep going. You got to keep going. Is it the name I of that? I went through your phone last night. That's all I got. I now I got to figure out what's See? Yo, yo, yo. That's not the name of the song. You don't support women like I do, yo. Now, shout out to the feminists like me, yo. <laughs> don't worry about it. All right, y'all. Let's get down to business. Drake did an interview with Lil Yachty on a beach in Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. I saw some of it. I didn't see all of it. Said he was going to retire. He said he relates to women with big breasts. He said a lot of Drake-like things. Yep. One thing he said, though, and I'm curious as to if what you believe, is that he wants to leave the game to focus on helping the next wave of people coming in because he does not want to end up being what he has seen, which is the older person who's stuck on their generation of music and they won't give any of the new acts a chance and they hate on them as opposed to lifting them up. And I wonder if he was speaking indirectly to Nikki when he said that. He probably was. I mean, I don't... I could see where he probably was because they're the same era. He was close with Nikki, so I could see that. You think he shitted on Nikki with that one? A little shade. I wouldn't say fully shitted on her, but it, it's shade. You think she texted him? Nah. You don't think she said anything? No. Hmm. Okay, why? Not at all. Because I think the relationship and closeness that they've had throughout the beginning of their careers into now, she wouldn't say anything about that. She'd just be like, hmm. It's like one of those, hmm. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Got it. But I still noted it. Got it. Who's next? Angela Yee, her new show is popping. Former member of The Breakfast Club. Left The Breakfast Club. 
which used to be hosted by herself, Charlemagne the God, and DJ Envy. Mm-hmm. She did Tamron Hall's show. Mm-hmm. Big deal, big platform. Right. And she basically said that she didn't feel comfortable working there because she felt like she was the only representation for women. There were no other women in the room when it came down to editing things, putting things out, having opinions on things. She was the only woman around. Now, I'm curious because she obviously has come out since then and said that her words were taken out of context. What she actually meant was there were no women in the room. But I have, I've worked there for years. I personally saw women always be around, including in the room. Now, if she would have said specifically, there are no women on air, the power hitters. You can't even say the power hitters or the heavy hitters are not women because Thea is the heaviest hitter there. That's Most of the people may not even know what that is, but, I mean, that's the PD for the Breakfast Club. She's a woman. So I really didn't understand what Angela was trying to do here. I don't know if it was clout. I don't know if she was trying to gain some uh, sympathy, maybe get some listeners, or maybe she just really was taking her shot at the Breakfast Club with her experience. But it was, it was interesting to me because she made that statement. And again, this is a woman who has worked in radio for a very long time, so I think she's um, more than capable of saying exactly what she means. So she could have easily have said, I was the only woman on air. That's not what she said. She made it. Her point to say, nah, there ain't one woman in there. As much as I felt like women should have been in there to help me out, and I felt like I was alone and isolated. And as a person who's literally worked there, and I know for a fact that's not true, right? And then you even had Taylor and some of the women that worked there come out like, sis, I've been here five, six years producing things with you. Like, what are you, what are you on? I'm just curious, Katie. Like, what do you think that was about? Do you think she really did... I guess give the wrong message, or do you think she just left the show and was looking for some kind of uh, clout and attention and decided to just say a whole bunch of things about the people that she used to work with that wasn't true in order to either make them look bad or make herself look good and get some sympathy listeners? Because Lord knows that happens. Well, from what I've gathered from it, I think that she didn't think anyone was going to call her out, right? Mm. So if you're speaking to an audience that has always viewed The Breakfast Club and watched interviews, on someone on the outside looking in who really doesn't know what goes on behind the scenes, you would think that, yeah, okay, this is the only woman. Because you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that she thought that anyone else from behind the scenes would be like, ah! And then speak on it. And I think that's where it tripped her up. In the moment, she's like, nah. Because I'm speaking to the viewers. I'm not speaking to who I've worked with. I'm speaking to the viewers to try to get them on my side or whatever her end game was that she didn't see this backfired on. She didn't think it through. But do you think it was calculated? No. You don't think she did it? Well, to... no, no. She she tried to make it calculated. I feel like it started off as a calculated move that she didn't think through that backfired on her. Okay. Like she intentionally wanted to say something. Yes. I feel like she intentionally wanted to say whatever she said. Mm-hmm. But she did not think, well, who can come back and double check this? Literally everybody who you've worked with. But maybe she didn't think they would have the voice to do it. Yes. And it's interesting that Envy was like, you know, he 
he spoke about it several times in the comments of the shade room on the show. But did you see what Charlemagne said when he threw it to him? Mm-mm. So Envy did like a whole couple, two minutes or whatever on his opinion of it. And then they threw it to Charlemagne and asked him, you know, yo, what's your take? He was like, how you feel about it? And he said, I don't know. That was it. That's literally it. He didn't say anything else that I saw. What does that tell you? Mm, that speaks volumes because does, that man is it? never. Never at a loss of words. Never. Never holds back. Never holds back. And he literally said, nothing. Yikes. Yeah, that's what I said. It's interesting. It's not my business, though. But I thought that was interesting because I personally worked there and I can vouch for what Envy is saying. That's, mm-hmm. It's just simply not true. I have nothing against Yee. I wish her all the best. I had great experiences with Yee. Nothing bad to say about her at all. But, yeah, that's just not true. Mm-hmm. And I guess as someone who has been in a space of having to deal with others uh, maybe exaggerating or flipping information to make you look bad and to make themselves look better to get somewhere, it kind of triggered me a little bit of, why do people do that? Mm-hmm. Just tell your real experience. Tell right. your truths. If you really sat in the space where you were uh, abused or taken advantage of or looked over or whatever you experienced, just tell your truths. And if your truths are real, you don't got to lie, Craig. Right. That's true. And that's it. Who's next? All right, let's get to Chris Rock before we get back to the pod. Chris Rock did a special first live Comedy special on Netflix ever streamed uh, the Friday before last. And it was about an hour. And obviously the majority of the people who watched it watched it waiting for the Will Smith part of the special. And I walked away with a few thoughts. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. What'd you think? It, it had its moments um, where it was like, okay, that's a good joke. Overall... I felt mad about it, but that's because I've never really been a Chris Rock fan. Okay. In not, general. He's not your guy. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why I would be like, eh, okay, take it or leave it. It was very Chris Rock of Chris Rock. You know, you could tell a lot of people watch this special and they haven't, maybe they haven't really watched Chris Rock over the mm-hmm. years because mm-hmm. I feel like they expected something different and I feel like he gave us Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. There were great moments and there were a lot of dry moments, if I'm being honest. Um, I appreciate everything that Chris Rock has done for the game. I think to be a comedian and not, that's a little weird because he's he's done a lot for the art itself. And, you know, I think he made some valid points up there, some things that were funny, some things that were true. What do you think about the Meghan Markle joke in particular? I kind of felt indifferent about it because maybe it's just me being too sensitive. And mm-hmm. I was like, mm, that joke, like it, it could have been left out, in my opinion. You could have just done without it. But at the same time, I see why he made it because he made a valid point. I mean, I want to know what the baby looked like, too. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like yeah. there was, it was a valid point. But depending on how you feel about Meghan Markle would depend on how you feel about it and separating the fact that it's just a joke. I'm not going to lie. I did somewhat appreciate the, um, oh, you didn't think that they would be racist part of it. Yeah. Like when he said, no. I mean, it's the royal family, yo. They're like the Sugar Hill gang of racism. <laughs> like they invented it. You know, I, I thought that mm-hmm. was funny. Um, because I really don't know how she went into a situation like that and didn't think she would experience racism. Mm-hmm. Like as a black person, because she said she's never experienced racism, which that in itself is uh, insane to me. 
Because I really don't know how you go an entire life, damn near. And, I mean, you go to the store and experience racism. You can go to a restaurant and experience racism. You really thought you was going to go into the royal family and it just was going to be nothing? I think that maybe to an extent because of her complexion, she hasn't. But at the same time, I'm like, I still don't understand how you haven't because when she, because she's an actress before, right? Yeah. And she was on the show Suits. And in the show, they even made a joke about her and her ethnicity in one episode. Because like, hey, we didn't even know. Like, they made it. I'm like, right. how did you not right. experience that if the show no you worked for made a joke they out of it? They even pointed it out. Right. It made light of it. And you're right. You know, maybe her complexion, your upbringing, a lot of these things matter. Uh, where you're raised, you know, who your parents are. Obviously, you may experience more or less, but to say you've never experienced it once, and even like myself joining the Bird Show, did I think I would experience racism from people on the show? No. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that would be a problem because why would they even bring me there if that was a thing? Mm-hmm. But do you think I was naive enough to believe that there wouldn't be one listener? Or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it was like overwhelming. Right. But you, I did, for me to walk into a situation like that and not think one person is going to go, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, yo. Where have you been? You know, that joke I understood. What'd you think about the abortion joke as a woman? Now that... That was another one. If I'm being honest, I didn't really like it. You didn't like it? Nah. You didn't even think it was funny? Nah. You, nah. It, was it the... What was it about it that you didn't really like? It Was it the killing of the babies? Was it the smoothie? Uh, for those of y'all who may not know, basically what Chris Rock said was um, he doesn't believe that abortion should be strictly to women because him as a man, he's paid for more abortions than most women, so much so that they started to give him a smoothie for every abortion. And he said uh, he is pro-life because he's pro his daughter's life. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also believes that women should kill all the babies they want and that he believes women should be able to kill their kid up until four years old, which I'm not going to lie, the four years old part was kind of funny to me. But, okay, so it's... Yes, like, I see where he was going with the joke, but at the same time, right now, where women are really trying to fight, like, where we're on the verge of feeling like we're going to Handmaid's Tale, and if anyone doesn't know Handmaid's Tale, that's where they're controlling all the women who can't get pregnant and can't, and making them into, like, basically slaves, right, right. type of thing, where it feels like we're going in that direction, it's like, let's just, wait, let's just hold off on this joke until they actually give us the rights we deserve, you know, like, I see where he was trying to go with it, but at the same time, I was like, that one could have been left out, out of your whole you know, stand-up or whatever, it could have been left act. out. Mm-hmm. I, but everything that he said, I feel like tied into the title. And that's what made it where I'm like, yeah. if I'm going to be okay with this, I can't be not okay with that because yeah. that was the whole gist. That's the part I did appreciate, um, the title of it being Selective Outrage. And I'll tell you why. I do think we live in a place now where... Selective outrage is genuinely a thing. And I thought he did a great job of selecting that as a title, and he did a pretty good job of pointing out why it's a thing throughout the set. That I enjoyed, because even coming down to preferences, which I want to get into this for the next episode. Not today, because I'm tired, and I don't want to go into that aspect of my brain. Mm -hmm. But I do want to eventually talk about selective outrage, because if I'm being honest, I feel like this happens on a big show a lot, where we talk about preferences. And I think that's when selective outrage really shows itself, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll go deeper into that because I do. I, I had a conversation with it with a lady on Instagram about it, and I thought it was a really good conversation where I gave her my perspective, she gave me hers, and I learned some things, and I thought it was great. She went into the history of women. I want to get into all of that. 
in this world, it's almost as if people will only be outraged when someone has a preference or a joke that doesn't paint them in the best light. Mm-hmm. And I guess that makes sense because people get triggered. Right. But on the other hand, it's like, then that's not logical. That's emotional. It's coming from an emotional place where you're personalizing something and making it about you when most of the time it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Right? Which is why I try not to be outraged about anything. Because if a woman says she doesn't date black men, so I genuinely couldn't care less. That has nothing to do with me. That's just her preference. So when people take things like that so personally, I don't really understand it. And then you go to the Will Smith thing. Will Smith made a joke about it. Wasn't a lot of outrage. Eddie Murphy made a joke about it. Wasn't a lot of outrage. Marlon Wayans went up there and made a joke about it. I mean, he basically said that Chris Rock was either the greatest black man ever or a That's literally what he said up there. That's enough of a joke to where if I'm Chris Rock, you got to see me now. Now we got to have a conversation. There was no outrage. You see anybody on Twitter upset about that? That's because no one watched it. That's true. That's true, though. <laughs> but Chris go up there as the guy who was actually slapped and talks about it. And it's so much outrage. He's the guy who should be able to talk about it. I'm not ever mad at people defending black women. He's punching down on black women. All right, cool. I'm always with that fight. But the people who are choosing to be outraged, saying he punches down on black women, are y'all keeping that same energy when black women need to be held accountable? Because I do think that you can have a debate here of Jada needing to be held accountable for some of the shit she's done. Mm -hmm. Because if Will slept with his daughter's friend, who was in her younger 20s as a 50-year-old man, I don't think everybody would have been saying, way to go, Will, as much as some people were saying, way to go, Jada. So when Chris decides to come out and say, all right, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to do a comedy special in Baltimore, in her home, call her the B-word. A lot of people were mad and saying he was punching down. Maybe. Maybe. So I do understand, and I believe you said this to me, I do understand feeling like this was really about Will. Why are you going at Jada? I understand that wholeheartedly. But I'm going to be honest. As a comedian, if I'm in that situation and I say a joke and you come up there and slap me in my face in front of millions of people and my only way of actually, like, having a response to it is jokes, I'm going to tell your whole family up. Okay. Out of just simply... Like, y'all embarrassed the shit out of me as a family. Will did the slapping, but I personally believe that Jada did the motivating. And I'm not blaming her. I am not blaming Jada. Will took his ass up there and slapped him. It's on Will, period, right? I'm not even mad at Will. I feel like he shouldn't have done it. I, I stand by that. I've always felt that way. But, hey, man, I ain't never had a wife. I'm pretty sure if I do, if I decide that I love a woman enough to marry her, you're not going to be able to talk about her in my face. Comedy or not, especially if it's something that I have to go home and listen to her cry about whatever it is. And then now you want to get on a stage. Now I wouldn't have handled it like Will did. It would have been some backstage stuff for me. But at the same time, as a comedian, I do understand feeling like y'all put all this shit out there. Everybody knows about it. I ain't going into your dirty laundry and exposing things. It's already out there. 
once you slap me and she went public about how she feels about me, this is fair game. I'm tearing your whole family up. So you're going to repeatedly call her a bitch on stage? No, I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have done that's that. That's the part where I was like, nah. That's where you cross the line. Like telling a story about, hey, man, the, the whole mm-hmm. cheater, if you cheated on me and interviewed me about how I feel about it, that joke, fl- like, cool, got it, right? But at the point where you just blatantly just called her a bitch? No, nah, I ain't going to lie, though. I, I might have done it once. Like the once, to me, that was on purpose. Because you heard the room. Mm-hmm. The room went, ooh. Like they didn't, that was on purpose. That's calculated. Mm-hmm. You get one bitch, though. To me, as a comedian, mm-hmm. a lot of people may disagree with that. That's fair. You get one bitch. Now, I don't remember how many times he called her a bitch. I think it was once. But that whole calling Will Smith a bitch thing for 20 minutes straight, that was a bit much to me. That was corny. That was that was overdrive. I do think the one little subtle bitch in there that you didn't expect, that you didn't see coming, that you didn't think he would take it there after you slapped me in my face, I might have got that one off. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay. Just one, though. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I really do think he knew what he was doing. I think that was strategic. Chris Rock is a pretty smart comedian. Mm-hmm. He went to Baltimore. Katie, who the fuck go to Baltimore to do a comedy special? Yeah, of course he did on purpose. If you I go mean, anywhere in the world. I get it. It was him getting his lick back. And I love Baltimore. That's no disrespect. And y'all really get it in. I want no smoke. I didn't mean it like that, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I want no smoke. I, I get it because in a sense, he was trying to get his lick back. But at some point, like, where is it like, okay, all right, you didn't did too much. Yeah, major point. Okay, you made your point. five minutes of an hour special, though. What if you look at it that way? Okay. Marlon and them did more time on it than he did, and he's the one that got slapped. Well, Marlon had a grab on something. Well, I'm just using Marlon as an example because it's recent, but I you know, are right about that. You he, are right about that. But most And most of, of these comedians do. For 60 minutes, he talked about it. Like, his, yeah. I was like, damn, Marlon. So you don't even think he should have gave it five? Who, Chris? Yeah. Well. Katie, he got slapped in the face. I get that. It's just how he did it, like. It, it was just like certain things were all right, cool. Summertime still ringing in your ear, you know. Sugar Smith, like that shit. That's funny. That was funny. Yeah. That shit's funny. Yeah. When he's like, bitch, 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 bitch. Yeah. And your wife's a bitch. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. All right, we get it. We get it. All right, I, I, and I'm not. <laughs> we get it. Chris. I just gotta give you the other side of this because I'm not necessarily <laughs> against you on this, right? But you do have to think about. I mean, a man had to go out there for a year, Katie, and deal with this. You know, his family wanted to talk to him about this. His friends, fans, strangers, everywhere he goes for the last year of his life. Because you can see he's up there tearing up. It was emotional. I think that's why he was stumbling over his words. People was like, oh, it's because it's live. Bro, as a comedian, pretty much every show is live. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily taping it for Netflix every time, but every show is live, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's people, because he didn't really trip up the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. He tripped up when he got to that part. Mm -hmm. That shit was emotional for him. So I, I know the difference in that. I just think he went through a lot. Think about what happens in your home, especially as a black family, if you get slapped in a club. Just imagine like your brother or your sister seeing somebody slap the shit out of you in a club and then you go home. That night, they're going to be ready to kill everybody, right? But as time passes... Yo. Hey, you remember back in the club? <laughs> yeah, you got slapped up. <laughs> Yo, right? Yeah. Yo, he was drooling on his Heineken. Like, you gonna get this? It's just, that's what it, that's it's what gonna it, be jokes. He probably had to deal with that in a way that we would never imagine or understand because of the magnitude of the event when he actually got slapped. And I believe that played a bit of a part in him getting that off. Okay. So I guess I gave him a little bit of grace. Okay. You don't? No. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Say less. You know what really pissed me off? 
What? It's not even the Will jokes. I'm not going to lie. What was it? It wasn't that. It was the R. Kelly Michael Jackson joke that pissed me off. I didn't like that. that I didn't like that at all. Off. I forgot about that. I'm glad you brought that up. When that pissed me off, I was like, Ooh. Oh, and that was early. So that kind of set the tone for you. You you was already yes. like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I one was that. found guilty and one was innocent. And you can't compare the two. I understand that. I don't think you should compare the two at all. At all. Yeah, yeah I didn't I didn't like that joke at all. That no, one, yeah. that one boiled me. Okay. Oh, that one. See, that's fair. And a lot of women, uh, my grandmother, for my grandmother, it was the abortion. Uh for another um friend of mine who was a woman, for her, it was the Meghan Markle situation. I felt like after women started explaining to me why as women they felt a way about certain things, I started to understand why y'all feel like he was punching down on women a little bit. And I also understand why black people feel like he gets up there and he, um, what's the word? Dances? Yeah, let's just leave it at that. Okay, so that's that brings me to number two. Mm-hmm. I will never forgive him for the Ricky Gervais and Louis C.K. thing. Me either. Yeah, at that. Yeah, me either. I I have no defense. I would love to have a podcast conversation with you on that one, but yeah. I can't even bring myself to do it. There's, yeah, there's no excuse for that. There's you grown, no excuse for and that. And you never addressed it. Nah, you just me and Chris's life. Now I see why everybody <laughs> hate his ass. Now we moving on. <laughs> you right. <laughs> Stay tuned for another episode of In the Moment with their host Mo and co-host Katie.